find the baller. My life is more than money and money. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from playing sports to exotic whips. Ain't gotta tell me, dog. I know I'm the shit behind the baller. My life is more than money and journey. My story's so crazy, dog. I said make a movie behind the baller. I went from music exec to this podcast. Now I finally feel at home and left behind the baller. Yo, what's good, people? Thank you for tuning in to a brand new episode of BTB. I am the Korean Benicio Del Toro, but you can call me Ben Baller. Never, never call me Ben Humble. Yo, ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the greatest podcast on the planet. Yes, this is Behind the Baller, and this is episode 93. Man, what a fucking week. I mean... I got a serious question. When is the world going to end? Right? It's just so much bullshit going on and people are just, it's fucking something every single day. You know, 2020 is just, it's, I try to stay positive, but there's just so much going on. It's just so much fuck shit. Right? I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I, I, I really am just at a loss of words. You know, there's people arguing about this. There's people arguing about racism there's people you know demanding uh rights and and fucking they want to defund the police and they want to do this and people want fucking free rent and um people think that they don't they shouldn't wear masks and then you got motherfuckers saying that there is a fake noose hanging in a motherfucking nascar garage when there was a noose and they don't fucking know and then they don't realize they're thinking that motherfuckers are full of shit and at the same time they don't realize that the actual news came from a representative from nascar not from Bubba. Someone from NASCAR made the motherfucking announcement. Someone from NASCAR found the noose and said it. So I don't give a fuck if it was there a year ago or where the fuck it was. It's a fucking noose in the garage, man. Whatever. People are upset. There's people beating up Chinese people still. I haven't even fucking addressed that situation. I haven't even talked about it once. You know, look, man. As an Asian American, you know, Obviously, I, I love, you know, and I back my heritage, my people and everything. And there's a lot of Asians that I fuck with and I fuck with everyone. That's the, that's the issue. I happen to be Korean. So, you know, I back my people. At the same time, I know exactly how fucking racist Koreans can be. There's been tensions. There's been wars. There's been everything else. So what do you do? You fucking shot, shot, get a knife and slash my skin out. And, you know, should I spend the rest of my life, you know, fighting ignorance and you know the best thing for me to do is spread awareness the best thing for me to do is continue to be the best person i can be continue to be friends with most of my african-american friends which are the majority of what my friends are in my life you know it, the jesse i don't even know how to fucking say here his last name is it smolay or somalay or whatever the fuck it is i didn't fuck with dude from jump okay and Look, man, y'all already know. I'm already gay, so you know what I'm saying? You think I give a fuck about anyone? Like, I don't give a fuck if he's gay. You know that shit. I, nobody, if someone were to open my phone, I've said this 100,000 times, and seen the conversations between me and Tyler and whatever else, y'all immediately, it'd be a wrap for me. Okay, so I don't mean into that bullshit because it's just been, I don't know, man. I've just been around gay people since the 70s. I don't give a fuck about it. It doesn't matter. Some of my dearest friends are enormously famous gay people. And does it, does it matter? No, it, it doesn't. It really doesn't. It doesn't bother me. Is it my thing? It doesn't. It's not. Who cares? You know what I'm saying? But 
I don't fuck with that dude, Jesse, 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 fucking whatever. And when he said all that shit, it sounded funny off tap. And you're trying to compare this situation with Bubba, with that? I don't know, bruh. You know, but the white folks that are against it now, they're going, they're going ham. And it's crazy, man. Because like, you start really seeing who people are. You couldn't see who the fuck I am. I don't give a fuck how many tweets. You might be able to get that I'm cocky, but you couldn't really just dictate. You could, there's no way you could literally legitimately say, I know who Ben is off Twitter. And you could get it off Twitter more than you could get it off fucking Instagram. You're going to get it way more off the podcast. That's for sure. But nah, man, there's too much misinterpretation. People misinterpret shit that I said about my fucking dumbass employee for VVS that was fucking trying to fucking, you know, go right and shit and everything else. Like, oh, you're not against the right. Shut the fuck up, man. The fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. You can mix and fucking misconstrue everything. It don't matter. I've been down. I've been doing too much. I don't, I'm never going to fucking denounce anything. All I'm saying is don't go sign up for boxing and complain that your body hurts after you get your ass whooped or you've been getting hit. It's like, what the fuck is you think you're doing out there? You know, there is a bigger cause. I do see change. I do see a lot of things happening in the world. One thing, though, unfortunately, you know what? I didn't stop anybody from going to riot and going to fucking, uh, going to protest and going to, you know, speak up for black lives. That shit's a very important matter. People are tearing down statues. You ain't hearing me stopping anybody doing shit. But what I did say was, I have a son, you know, and, um, you know, he has, he's high risk. He has respiratory illness. I can't risk it because he has, I have to say this almost fucking every episode. I got to just make sure that he has the best life and the best chance out there to have the longest life possible. And that's my only job is to watch over my kids. Other than that, you know, I got the other part down to provide and everything else. But with that being said, it's not a fucking surprise that we broke the record in LA County with the most COVID infections in a day on Monday. And then on Tuesday, we broke that. And then guess what? Yesterday, we fucking broke the record again. So that means that probably sometime today, while you listen to this podcast, I don't know what, but probably break the record again. And I assume within the next few days, we're going to get some stupid numbers, like ridiculous fucking numbers. There's motherfucking 50, 60,000 people on Hollywood Boulevard, on Santa Monica Boulevard in West Hollywood. Look, man, I'm dead ass serious. This shit is no motherfucking joke. The mask, I get it, you know, for, for someone spitting in certain things, right? Somebody who has it, though, and if you're not wearing a mask, you're toast. You're a wrap. That's it. And you're burnt toast. I'm talking about motherfucking, you know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't talking about that, you know, that golden brown toast. I'm talking about you are burnt. You're, you're a wrap. The cloth mask ain't going to work. I know that the mandate is for masks, period. But if you, I mean, try to have a surgical mask or some shit, by the way, there's this company I've been working with called Cabro, Cabo, and they make these airplane, like what's well, neck pillows, right? But you can wear, you know, usually you use them on a long plane ride or whatever, and they're comfy as fuck. I want to do something with them, but you know, people aren't, they are flying, but not like they used to. Um, but they've been developing these pieces of tape that cover up the mask so that for the people who are wearing N95 masks, now when you put these tapes on or you wear a surgical mask, now you're literally at 99.99999, really you're at 100%. And I say that 
with all the confidence. After doing all this research on the PPE and everything, it's no joke. But going on, these dumbass people in Florida that are putting God's name in this shit and bringing 5G in and saying all this shit and saying that military six feet and fucking all, like, yo, you know how fucking stupid some of you fucking people sound? Anyways, I know it's not easy to get KN95s or N95s, but I can't take the chance. So, you know, if you look around now, they're out there. There's reputable people who have N95 masks that are, are KN95 masks for like 375 Um, You know, you can buy bulk, whatever. Um, I am planning on doing a surprise meet and greet and, uh, you know, no more than 100 people, but that's like over time, two people at a time. I actually plan on providing uh, hand sanitizer and uh, what do you call it? Um, masks for the event. So I, t- I take it serious. You know, um, I don't go out that much. When I do, I am masked and gloved up. You see me at a car event, it's for a charity, whatever it may be, boom, you see me at a grocery store, I'm wearing a mask, I got gloves, I got sanitizer, I'm not touching my face, I'm not letting anything get into my motherfucking nostrils or my eyes or anything. So look, man, COVID-19 is kicking ass right now. Fools think this shit is a game. I'm just wondering what dumb fuck in his right mind does not understand this still to this day. There is no disease in the fucking world right now that is killing people more than COVID-19. COVID-19 now is number one. It is, I didn't even fucking know that malnutrition and malaria were all that level, but I started reading some things and there's parts of the world where people are so fucking poor, they're eating clay to fill their stomachs. They're eating clay. Like, so there's, you know, people are dying from malnutrition and everything else, but you know, COVID is number one. It is kicking ass right now. America is so fucking behind. It's not even funny. Now, the crazy part is, Brazil, right? God bless them. I pray for Brazil. Brazil is considered now the worst case scenario. Like when Italy was really bad and fucking New York was bad and everywhere else was bad, the worst place is Wuhan. Brazil is the worst. And pretty much this is what their mentality is. We're going to fight this disease man to man, like a motherfucking man, face to face. Fuck it. And they ain't shut down shit. And I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Half a million to a million people die in Brazil. And they'll they'll get it's you know, it's just it's getting scary over here. I knew it from the fucking protests and everything else, and it's gonna get bad. And the thing that pisses me off is this. I don't think that we're gonna shut down like we did before. Who knows? Could happen. But I think that they're just gonna have to really enforce the distancing, um, the mask for real and certain things and figure it out. It it's really crazy. If they stop the shit in fucking February or stop the shit in January, or when people, you know, just when, when they, they knew about it, when Trump knew about it, he did know about it. I don't give a fuck. Look, I don't care, okay? I don't like him, yes, but it doesn't fucking matter. I got nothing against Republicans, Democrats. I don't give a fuck either way. But he knew about the shit in November. He could have stopped it in January. We could have closed the borders now. I don't give a fuck. He wants to close shit now, whatever. We could have closed it then. Could have stopped it. We could have did a fucking 70 whatever and been okay. Now, I know that there's new breakouts in Beijing. There's new breakouts in different areas. But what I'm saying is we decided to take care of it the worst way. Now, we're number one in fucking COVID. We have the most infections. We had all this other stupid shit. We had the most deaths. We have, but we really don't because I don't want to get into the China conspiracy. It's not a conspiracy. I tell you the truth. Actually, I don't want to get into the whole situation. But what I'm getting into is that there's going to be a lot more deaths. And with that said, a lot of the people who still think, ah, you know, whatever, and you don't get that over 125,000 people have died, 
You don't get that. There's millions of people who've got it just in America alone, and you got people who don't care. They ain't really tripping. They're young, and they're going to start seeing people in their early 20s, late 20s die. There's going to be people that there are a lot more people that are younger that are getting it now. Some people are sick. Some people aren't. Some people are getting that vicious fucking, you know, the heavy strain. Some people aren't. Look, man, just to let you guys know what's crazy, we're still on the first wave in America. We're not even on the second wave. This shit just never left. People are just ain't fucking taking care of themselves. So when November and December comes around, we're going to be fucked, period. So people got to take this shit serious. You know, I'm upset because on a selfish way, I'm like, well, y'all fucking up. You know what I'm saying? People trying to go out and get their paper and do their things. And some people are just going out regardless. I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about the fact that overall, as humans, if you just paid attention, some people, I don't get it. Some like, you listen to what people tell you? You, 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 don't, you like being told what to do? No. But when it involves saving lives, I'm gonna do whatever the fuck I got to. That means I gotta stay my ass at home. That's what I'm gonna do. If that means I gotta do this. That's what I'm gonna do. Well, it's easy for you to say. Everyone got an excuse. Look, man, you're like, nah, fuck this. I wanna live my life. I wanna go out and have fun. It's not worth it. I'm telling you, I am guaranteeing you, people are going to die and there's going to be a lot more deaths. This ain't no joke. This ain't some fucking, man, oh, I don't know how the fuck the NBA is going to, going to start because it's people left and right getting fucking COVID. There's fucking people in baseball getting COVID. They're about to start that shit. I don't fucking know, man. Like I said, when is the world going to end? Like for real. But this is like some whole other shit that's going on. I'm just blown the fuck away. South Korea has actually just announced that they are officially on the second wave of COVID-19. So I think, I don't know, is that COVID-20? Not exactly sure, but they're on the actual second wave, meaning an imported some from somewhere. Iran, I believe, is on their second wave. It's not a joke, man. Motherfuckers is going to sit around and not do shit. And, um, you know, I, man... I wanted to get into my Jeter card because the shit is out and about right now. The shit is out and available and everything. But you know what? This is like a serious thing. I need to tell you, motherfuckers, it is not a joke. All right? I have no fucking agenda. What the fuck am I going to make off of fucking COVID? I don't give a fuck. I'm not selling the fucking vaccine. I told you I'm not going to take the vaccine. At least not the one in America. So I'm telling you guys, it's like, man, protect yourselves. Take it serious. You know, you got somebody who's old and whatever and, and, and you know, you think it's not a game. Look, man. I've had several people die from this who were friends of mine. I've had a lot of acquaintances get this, have people get sick as fuck. They are permanently going to be affected by it. That you remember, if you get pneumonia, okay, you get sick and you get pneumonia from COVID, just understand this. Your lungs are permanently damaged, okay? Now, on some positive news, I'm going to end this shit. And it's not necessarily positive. It's just I know some of you motherfuckers are like, all right, man, enough, really, Ben? Look, man. I care. I really do. There's a lot of other things I could be doing with the money instead of giving me people money because I just want to help them for whatever. I would rather just give it just because they could have extra or for the people who really, really need it. Or I meet a, there's just other things, but I'm fine. I'm good. I'm going to continue to contribute, to donate, do some more charities, do some more giveaways, do more things. I've always been a giving dude. That's one thing I've always fucking been. So with that said, we got a very special guest today, uh, my boy Alejandro. He is a car enthusiast. He is an entrepreneur. He didn't come from anything, didn't come from a rich family. And um, he goes by Salomon Drin, and uh, he's got a very popular YouTube page, and he's, he's a very big dude in the car community. 
and he's a he's a character. He's a fucking crazy dude. So we're gonna get into that. We'll get into all the, the hobby and all that stuff in a little bit. But yo, man, behind the baller podcast. Look, man, is this shit is for the people. This shit is the real. I don't fucking cut anything back. I'm not hiding shit. I'm always here, and I'm always to give it to you raw every Monday, every Thursday. Yo, Miles, hit me off with some of that LL real quick, and then we'll jump into this interview. Okay, let's talk about brushing our teeth. 75% of us use old, worn-out bristles that are ineffective, and even more people forget to floss daily. Good health starts with good habits. Quip makes it easy by delivering all the oral care essentials you need to brush and floss better. Paired with Quip's anti-cavity toothpaste in mint or watermelon, you get all the ingredients teeth actually need, and none they don't. Quip also has an eco-friendly refillable floss with a dispenser you keep for life, an expanding stream that helps you clean in between. Quip brush head, toothpaste, and floss refills are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5 each. A friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh and to stay committed to your oral health and shipping is free. Join over the 3 million happy customers and practice good oral health care easily and affordably with Quip, starting at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash baller right now, you'll get your first refill for free. That's your first refill free at getquip.com slash baller. Spelled get Q-U-I-P dot com forward slash baller quip the good habits company yo you are listening to behind the baller this is episode 93 i believe we got a very special guest yo i've been going solo on that ass for about eight or nine or ten episodes now we got a superstar we got the motherfucking lewis hamilton michael schumacher of the motherfucking streets of motherfucking of Tijuana, we got my man Alejandro Solomon. Yo, what's going on, brother? How are you? I'm good, dog. What's up with you, bro? It's been fucking years. How have you been with this whole crazy thing going on? How's everything? How's life, dog? Everything is good. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm blessed. I really good. cannot explain to you how blessed I am. Um, unfortunately, we know the world is is in pain, so it's it's tough. And what we're doing now, and um, I was actually gonna start talking to other shit first but you know what fuck it let's get into it bro like dog are you you quarantining or what's going on talk to me i am i am i actually took this very seriously since we uh since march right before the quarantine we realized what was going on from china was really crazy so we you know we've been really taking care of ourselves and making sure that we just don't give it to somebody else and we're making sure in, in anything that i can because you know i'm so fortunate just like you're saying so blessed so lucky that i have a voice especially my country in Mexico, where I can talk to these people. And it's, listen, before this hits, you guys know that we already fucked up in the U.S. We saw that it was coming. You guys watch out. So just just being able to do that, I feel very, very lucky, even if it helped one, two, three, four, five, seven people, whatever it was, you know, that already made me feel really good. And the whole thing about just staying at home and respecting the quarantine, I thought was going to drive me crazy. 
And it's kind of been like the greatest thing I've ever had lived through in oh, my entire man. life because you gave me all of the time to regroup and, you know, just do a little, uh, um, it's not soul searching, but it's more like you found yourself. You found your rhythm again. You found that vibe that you had before and, uh, uh, you know, a new one. And it just feels good. How about you? I mean, bro, you know, in 2019, I took 118 flights. So I went I from I went from <laughs> flying everywhere, going everywhere the world, and then being stay put. But I mean, but the thing is, the moments that I had at home, you know, most of my trips were were local, like San Francisco, back and forth a lot. And mm -hmm. uh, but you know, I'm being Asian, certain things. You know, I, I come from the mass culture, so I understand what's going on regardless. But when it came here, I knew about it early as well. Um, we were one of the first podcasts to trend in the COVID space. And not only were we trending, I was the only non-doctor, non-specialist, non-researcher, non-teacher, non-anybody. People were like, who the fuck is this Jew? Why the fuck is this guy trending in COVID? Is he a, like, you know, people at the <laughs> University of Nevada were wondering, who the fuck is this guy? But I took it very serious. I have a son with respiratory illness. My oldest son has been going through hell for most of his life. And uh, I, I'm of, so sorry because you're too close to it. I see it's it. It's all now. good, you know, but but of yeah. all the fucking diseases, right? Not, not saying like, you know, I feel bad for AIDS and HIV and other things, but like, the virus that affects him, not that it should affect anybody, but it's the one that like hits him directly made for him. So I, I stayed at home. And with that said, you know, like you said, I, I did maybe go a little stir crazy. Um, I'm not going to complain. I mean, bro, I have a big house and we have a lot of space. And, and so I said, you know, this is going to be a time where I'm going to really build with my three kids. I'm going to have a different relationship with them. Even though I was a very hands-on father, I was out of town yeah. a lot. Now I'm going to focus I'm a center, and and I did go a little crazy here and there, but when you <laughs> when you think about it, you know, come on, man, what we do for a living, what you do, whatever, what, just the people that that came pay their rent, people who are going through it, and people who are sick, or people who are, you know, it's like, I don't it know makes about you realize, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's in a, you know brought me closer, just I mean, even though we were already close, it just brought I just got to see different things, and it made me appreciate more, but uh. Then, you know, so you see the civil unrest because of what's going on in the world. Besides that, with the Black Lives Matter and just other things. And it's just like, fuck, man. Finally, the world is about to, you know, you're going to see a change. You really are. No matter what. Change hurts, I mean, man. Yeah. It hurts. And you're, we're bound to go through some fucking pain. And we're going through it right now because growing hurts, right? Even when we're growing, our fucking bones hurt. Like, how are we not expecting this big change to affect us all and, like, go through pain everywhere right now? No, for sure. Let me ask you a question. Do you know anybody who got COVID-19 or no? I know a lot of people. I know people that died. I actually, one of the yeah. guys that we work with in Mexico that helps us with our uh, basically paperwork, legal paperwork in Mexico, he got it. We couldn't find him for a week and we were trying to figure out where he was because, you know, we were waiting on him for a couple of things. And 10 days later, we found out that he was in the hospital and uh, we were not able to talk to him. We talked to his friend and unfortunately he passed away. It's fucking wild. What about you? Dude, I, I've had three friends die from it. Um, yeah. One of my close friends, grandmother, so sorry. He, he got his grandma sick. He got on the podcast. He's one of the first people to get out and publicly speak about it, the whole situation, how crazy it was and how the government was involved with the CDC and just the testing. And They pointed a gun at him because he rolled the window down. He thought he was going to talk to like, talk through the window. And it's just crazy. And then he brought the shit home. He got his dad sick, his mom sick. Then his grandma died because she got sick. And it was just fucked up situation. I know about maybe 50. Oh. Yeah, I know like 50 some odd people that got it. But look, man, I don't want to depress anybody else. Let's yeah. talk about these fuck. <laughs> let's talk about some motherfucking tequila. Let's talk about some mezcal. Let's talk about some cars, bro. <laughs> yeah. Doc, yes. my, my first question, bro. Hit me. Why the name Salamandrin? What is, what is that from? 
I wish I had a fucking awesome explanation. It's always been oh, that everybody asks. And it's so, I know, it's so fucking disappointing. At 15 years old, I can't remember how old I was, like 14, 15 years old. I was at a friend's house because he had internet. <laughs> and uh, he was telling me, you know, I have an email account. And he was explaining to me what an email account was. And I was fucking blown away that he had an email account and how it worked. And he told me, you know, my email account uh, is owned by Hotmail. And I thought it was a joke. I legitimately thought this was like some kind of porn thing, like something <laughs> fucked up was going on. So I said, I'm going to create my own account too, but if it's porn, I'm going to be careful. I'm not going to put my name, but also I don't want to have a lame uh, username in case something happens. And mind you, Salamandrin is super lame. But <laughs> but I figured as long as he doesn't have any fucking numbers because I hate numbers or dashes or any bullshit, yeah. he's going to be great. So I tried Alejandro. He was taken. I tried Salomon. He was fucking taken. And a friend of mine used to call me a... It's kind of like a salamander bitch. And he kind of rhymed with the whole salamandrin. And I was like, I'm just going to take that and write it. And I used it. And I've always used it online. And it became a fucking thing. Back in the day, it became a thing now. So I'm rolling with it. Fuck it, dog. I mean, you own up to it. Yeah, you own up to it. So hold on real Fuck quick. Yeah. So, so you're actually, you're from Mexico? I'm from Mexico. I'm from Mexico City. My, my, my family tree is uh, Lebanese and Mexican. Oh, shit. That's a crazy mix right there, bro. I know there's a lot of Lebanese people in Mexico because it's very much the same culture. It's not so much the Muslim guys that came to Mexico. It's more like the Orthodox that yeah, yeah, made yeah. it there. I have a, one of my best friends is Lebanese. He's my best friend of my yeah. life. He's actually a fan of yours. And, um, Get out of here. Actually, I think maybe once or twice you might have met him. with When you, when you see me randomly at Car Shady, you'll see him. He's a good kid. <laughs> and uh, I, I, just have, I have a lot of Lebanese friends. One of my first bosses was Lebanese. But the funny thing is... My first time in Mexico City, I was real young. This was a long time ago. And then I didn't go back for a really long time. Mm -hmm. One of my mentors, he's Mexican, hardcore Mexican. His name is Mr. Cartoon. You know, he's one of my mentors. He's a mm -hmm. famous tattoo artist, everything else. And one day, he tattoos a lot of celebrities, enormous people. Before, like, all the big things were like, oh, I'm the jeweler of the stars. I'm the this of the stars. I'm the, you know, he was really, like, the tattoo artist of the stars. And just, you know, he was one of the OG people. And um, uh, Pepe Aguilar came in there. Yeah. And I didn't know shit about this guy. This guy walked in with one dude. He just seemed like the nicest guy. He's got this tattoo. Next thing I know, this motherfucker's like, you know, Michael Jackson of, of Mexico. I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I remember going out to Mexico City and I remember just the way he's plugged in. I mean, this dude drove in like, you know, 11, 12 car convoy, like a president, you know what I'm saying? Like that. And then, oh, yeah. And then I became really close with uh, Jay Balvin. He's been one of my, like my best customers in the last six, four years, right? So, Mm -hmm. Balvin, when he plays in Mexico City, even though he's Colombian, I'm just saying it's still Latin. You know, it's just you know, yeah, I'm like, I was yeah. like, hey, bro, do they got they got a Gucci out there? They got Louis Vuitton. He's like, what the fuck are you? He's like, puta. He goes, <laughs> he goes, he goes, he goes, he goes, what the fuck are you talking about, bro? He's like, are you fucking crazy? He's like, dog, just I'm not even gonna say shit to you. I'm not even gonna tell you what hotel you're staying. I just watch. When I got there, I couldn't fucking believe. The level of luxury, because you know, I've been everywhere, bro. I've been to thirty-four countries. I've been to yeah. Central Pay. I've been, you know, to the, you name it, everything. Yeah. But you know, in Cabo, it's so close. You can't beat. Look, going to Hawaii is cool, but you can't yeah, that's beat. Americanized as fuck. Yeah, you can't beat going two hours and fifteen minutes and being in the Sea of Cortez and getting real, like you know, what I'm saying just the way that that Mexican breakfast is really done at the office, or like fucking at you know, and like it's just different. And it's so close, and so you know. When you see Cabo, it's like 
you see it develop through 20 years or something and like whatever, but they still, it's it's just a beach town, you know? It's not like, why is there going to be, you know, development? Then we're going to Mexico City. You're like, holy shit, what has happened there now? is like, of course, because Carlos Slim and everything. But I mean, it's just a lot of people, you know, they watch too much fucking, um, what the fuck was that movie with fucking Benicio Del Toro? What's that movie? The, the Sicario. Sicario, dude, yeah. fucking wild, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, that's yeah. true, too. pictures Mexico like that, dude. Are you fucking kidding me? When I moved to New York, all of my friends asked me if McDonald's was, like, if I knew what a McDonald's was. <laughs> and I'm like, of course I know what a fucking McDonald's is. And they're like, you guys have a, a McDonald's in Mexico? I'm like, yeah. And one of them went on and asked me if we had roads. Oh, my God, bro. <laughs> oh, man. But listen, listen. How good is the fucking food in Mexico City? Oh, bro. It's not even about that. The breakfast... To start off, if you're at any five-star hotel, I'm sure even a four-star hotel, and you yeah. wake up and you really have like chilequiles and like fucking the, oh. just the mole sauce and everything and just like, look at, huevos rancheros hits different in Mexico. You know, even, <laughs> even, how about just eggs, period? Do you know, I couldn't believe, even though I always loved eggs, I don't have it every day. Every day in Mexico, I have eggs, beans, coffee like it was just you know cafe i'm like what the fuck like it was just different like it was it was i got used I to know. it i got used to it so much so i'm like hey a second hold on. i'm gonna get frijoles here i'm gonna get some <laughs> eggs it wasn't the same bro the different oil the different cheese you know their milk no, tastes can, different their oil yeah. taste it's just different you know like the even like the manteca you know they don't have that shit over here you know it's like different it just but you we know. really don't have it dude we really no. don't have it that's what people don't understand when they go where can i go to a good mexican restaurant here in la there's none because we don't have the shit that we make in mexico yeah no it's different yeah it's different for sure but yo for sure. let's let's jump into this um when did you begin your passion for cars bro like when did that start like how young were you i want to say i was very young i was in fucking school uh let me just ask you real quick how long ago did you get into cars me yeah I mean, bro, I've been a fan of cars since like maybe the late 70s, bro, the early 80s. Like since the, okay. there was a movie called Cannonball Run. That was like the first thing. Like I saw, <laughs> I saw a fucking Lamborghini Countach, bro. And I was like, that was it, you know? Yeah, for sure. So to me, it happened obviously when I was really young too. And it was mostly really what pushed me to it was there was a friend of mine in, in, during recess that would just talk to my other friends about cars. And that motherfucker would not shut the fuck up about cars. <laughs> Yeah, And it got to the point where I felt excluded from the group. And I said, you know what? This is not going to end like this. I'm going to go get these magazines that these kids have. I'm going to read all the specs. I'm going to learn everything and just fucking school them. And I did that. And I fell in love with everything car. Every, I knew every price. I knew the difference. I knew that one had a sunroof. I knew the other one didn't. But I knew the other one had like the stitching like this. I knew everything about every fucking car. And that made me love them. Right, so that right. that's how I really got into it. And then Top Gear was at that time becoming so massive, remember? Yeah, yeah. Like in the early 90s, dude. Fuck. And it's funny too that because was... last year they mentioned my name on Top Gear. Not in a good way, in a bad way. You know what I mean? Like they brought me up like they introduced what? the uh, – they were talking about the new Phantom, the Phantom 8. Okay. And they're talking about the Rolls-Royce Phantom. They're like, oh, man, what the fuck? What kind of – come on. with this? Who drives this fucking car? And the guy was like – this car is built for, you know, like Lisa Vanderpump, you know, that guy, Ben Baller. And then the guy's like, who the fuck is that? You know what I mean? I don't even know who those people are. He goes, well, nobody does. You know, and like the funny thing is if Matt LeBlanc was, was on that episode, you know, he would say something. But it's just funny. Like it's but it was funny because it still got they mentioned me on the fucking show. It was hilarious, you know. And dude, 
And dude, it's pretty fucking baller that people look at it and go, what Who? What would be the asshole that fits into this $600,000 car? Oh, it's Ben Baller. What a fucking asshole. Yeah, I want to be an asshole too, dude. Please put me in that list. Exactly. Absolutely, please. So Invite let, me. Let me ask you, bro. What was your first car ever? A Jetta. I had a fucking Jetta. That what was year? my mom's. Uh, I can't remember the year. I, I don't know why I don't remember very much of my life. Like in, I was 15, 16, what, what that, uh, was, but I was, I was 17 years old when I got it. What was your first exotic car and how old were you when you got that? My first exotic, like real exotic was a Ferrari. Yeah. Which Ferrari? I had an F430, a black fucking F430 Spider. Nice. Cause I always had that debate. And let me ask you this. When you were a kid, what did you like more? Ferrari or Lamborghini? Ferrari for sure. I mean, you have to. The Lamborghini, yeah. I mean, at least when you're a kid, the way I looked at it was like, dude, Lamborghini's just for fucking douchebags. Ferrari's for the classy gentleman. That's what I thought at the time, right? Like, and I thought I, I thought I was a classy gentleman, Ben. Yeah. Okay. I really <laughs> thought. So I <laughs> So I ended up going to the when I was able to really getting a massive amount of debt. I went to the fucking Ferrari Beverly Hills showroom. I gave him an absurd amount of money at the worst possible time to possibly buy a car, like in two thousand eight, at the, during the recession, and, uh, like the worst. Yeah, absolutely. And I got myself into an incredible amount of debt, and I bought my first Ferrari. It was an F four thirty, and that was I want to say twelve years ago. So I must have been twenty four, twenty five. You want to say funny? Yeah, my first Ferrari ever in history is my first exotic car it was late 2004, and it was at where Ferrari Beverly Hills. How funny is that? Get the fuck out of yeah. here! My first car ever was a Challenge Stradale, 360. Oh, what? What? That, yeah. That's an incredible one. Yeah, I just sold oh. my sneaker collection. I, I became a millionaire for the first time in my life, and I wanted to buy. I bought it cash. It was probably it was, I think, one of four cars in my entire life I ever owned just cash. You know, just outright. Straight up, yeah. So. Oof. So, okay, so you got the car. By the way, at least it was a good year. You know, in 2007 is when they introduced the dual clutch. You don't have to worry about that bullshit, you know, and all the shit with the Ferraris. Is oh, it made, it made all the difference in the world, dude. That, that had the sequential gearbox that was proper, like fucking proper, because the 360 had all the problems that, that you know, you knew about. The 430 was like the more refined version. Now you look at a 430 and you're like, man, that was really garbage compared to the new ones. But look but at still, this. they're very special. But look at this, though. Okay, you look at a 488 now, right? And, I, and, and you look, yeah. whatever, but look at anything, 812, whatever the fuck it is, okay? Look at the 458 Italia, and you can't tell me that car was the most bulletproof, and it's still a great car. What a fucking amazing, it was one of my favorite cars. I think the 458 Italia is the most Ferrari Ferrari ever made, period. Oh, There's no other way of fucking that putting sound, it down. Even just having the sport exhaust, the, the Ferrari option, sport exhaust yep. sound, and you get it fucking 6,000 oh, RPM, that motherfucker sounds amazing. It it's stupid, and it looks so good. It still looks relevant. It doesn't look old today. It's no, insane. Not at all. Ferrari nailed it with that one. Absolutely. What uh? What's currently in your stable right now? I have nothing right now. I've been. I, I was. You know. I was waiting. I was waiting because I've been paying attention to the market, and I said, you know, the market's infl inflated. I like to play that and see when I'm going to get a fucking deal. And I was playing for. I was last September, October. I decided that I was going to wait until March of this year to purchase something. So I saved all my money. I cashed out. Uh, my wife and I made a plan that we're going to buy a house. We were going to buy it last year. We didn't have time. And uh, then Corona hit. Yeah, of course. And now, but now we're sitting in, you know, we're ready to make a move. So we're, we're just waiting on everything to develop so we can buy something. So at, right now in the garage, I have a, 
and I feel really stupid too for having it because I really don't go anywhere. I have a <laughs> I have a ghost black badge. Right. Uh, I have an Aston DB11. That's my wife's. Right. Uh, I have an E63 wagon. I love sleeper. that car. Fucking love that, that car. That is the greatest car. Fucking ever love that made. car. Oh, no one ever sees it coming. It's so crazy. You just get an ECU tune and that thing's fucking another extra, extra hundred horsepower. It's fucking great. It's ridiculous. And then the uh, Belen also has a G63. Oh, so, new body? The new, the new one? Yeah, the new one. Nice, yeah. nice, nice. She already had two because the first one was a lemon. <laughs> oh, shit. You know what? That's so crazy. Let me ask you this, man. Yeah. Since we're on here and we're talking, what the fuck happened to your Senna, bro? How the fuck did the, like, please explain to me, walk me through how the shit caught on fire, where you were, like everything that happened. If you can, can you, I don't know if you could legally speak about it, I don't know, but can you tell me? Yeah, no, no, no. There's no, uh, I, hey, no one paid me anything. So I, I feel <laughs> good about saying whatever. And, and it's just the truth. So we were leaving. I bought the car 11 days before it burned down. That's first and foremost. And I bought it from a dealership. And that dealership sold me the car. And I was the first registered owner in the car. So it's like I bought it directly from them, right? I paid a lot more money than I should have over sticker in those centers, which right now, I mean, thank God the car burned down. <laughs> I mean, bro, they're going for 150 but, under, almost 200 under, you know? So at the oh, dude, I've, no, I've seen a couple trade. I got offered a couple at $800,000 before the Corona hit. So I can't even imagine. Right now, I've seen a couple trade at 750, 780. Right. Uh, yeah, which is really bad. That's really, and, and I paid half a million dollars more. So right. I would be $700,000 deep, basically. So either way, I... Um, my wife and I went to Malibu that day. We had a fucking awesome time. And on the way back, I was like, babe, do you want to drive the Senna? I don't know why I get off like seeing my wife drive the car. I get really <laughs> excited and happy. I like to film it, like all that shit, right? Yeah. So she's like, sure, I'll drive the car. So we get in the car. She starts driving. Dude, we're driving from Las, you know, Malibu to Calabasas, dude. You just go Las Virginis Road. Yeah, Virginis or Canaan Road, either one, yeah. You, you can't go more than 40 miles an hour when there's traffic, right? And we, it's a Sunday. It's like fucking five, six o'clock. And we're leaving there and we're going to, towards the house and we're living with another friend in his Ferrari with his wife. By the time we get to Las Virgenes, to, towards the end of Las Virgenes, there's a Taco Bell there. And my friend goes, do you mind? My wife's pregnant. She wants to eat some Taco Bell. I was like, yeah, dude, for sure. So we stop, eats Taco Bell. We get out and my friend goes, do you mind if I get in the car with your wife and, and you get in the Ferrari with my wife? I'm like, yeah. So we get in the, we get in the cars, take off, drive for literally... 45 seconds, and I get a call. The car's not going past 30 miles an hour. It says that it has a lift problem. And you you own McLaren. You know what's you know crazy? That they owe, I've, had, huh? that, I've yeah. had that on my 720 and on my 675 before. I've had that that's on both of them. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what you, so you know that. You know that that's something that just happens to the fucking cars, right? Yeah. So my wife calls me, and she's telling me that. I'm like, don't worry about it. Just stop at the light. And at the light, I'll turn off the car. I'll turn it back on and it'll be fine. Yeah. So she stops at the light. I put the car in park. She gets out. I turn it off, turn it back on. The air is gone. And I go, all right, get in. And she goes, fuck that. You get back in the car. You drive it now. So I'm like, okay. I get in the driver's seat, close the door. We fucking take off. And immediately after I take off, the car just starts spitting fucking lava into the ground. And I was going into a street that's a two-way street. Really narrow. It was right after the LA fires when everything caught on fire and, and we had to actually evacuate our home because of that. And and it had already rained again. So half the shit was, you know, was ready to be lit up on fire again. And my car just starts flaming from the back. 
So I did my best so that I could pull over in somewhere where there was nothing above it because I thought the car the car could burn down at this point. If it burns down and there's something above it, like a tree and it catches on fire and then I burn the Kardashian's house, I'm never going to end the end of this. You know, I'm never going to hear the end of this. Right. Like, fuck that. So I drove a little bit more. I was able to find the driveway. I pulled over. I got out of the car. I grabbed a bottle of water. I tried to throw the bottle of water. Get the fuck out of here. You don't have a fire extinguisher in the car? Dude, I, I know there's a fire extinguisher, but I didn't know where it was. Like, I never oh prepared myself my for this. God, dude. Okay. I never prepared myself for this. And also, by the way, if my door wouldn't have opened, which was 100% a possibility because the fire was coming from the back in the middle of the car by the engine, right? Right. And and as you know, in the Senna, the doors open right there through the middle on top, right in the middle. Yeah. So if that shit would have fucking burned down those wires, I wouldn't have known how to open the door. I know how to do it now because I asked, but at that time, I wouldn't have known how to open the door. Okay. So the car burns down. Uh, we called Immediately, we called 911, and I pulled out my phone. I was like, dude, I'm already here. The car's burning down. There's nothing else I can do. I might as well get some content. So no, I did the responsible. Not? Come on. Yeah, I did the responsible thing, and I fucking filmed it, and then the car just burned down, dude. And... Uh, I called McLaren that night and they told me they, they, you know, all the fucking head of the companies were like, dude, we can't talk to you. You're not the first owner of the car. We're not going to talk to you. And they kept that position for like almost a year. What the fuck? Yeah, dude. Okay. <laughs> then they talked to me and they, you know, they, they wanted to make peace. But they're like at the point where the Senna went to shedding value when they already had destroyed me because a few of their dealers came out and said that I burned the car on purpose to make money. Yeah. Which, by the way, how the fuck can you do that? By the way, between me and you, you didn't yeah. know this, but your car hit McLaren, you know, uh, Newport. So I went over there to go check out the car because I was with someone. I'm, he doesn't want me to fucking mention his name, I'm sure. But I was over with someone who I'm sure people, if they want to guess, they'll know. But I went over there because I wanted to see the car. A lot of people wanted to see it. They're very curious about it. Now, look, man. I know exactly what's going. You know what I mean? There's a, there's been crazy recalls. Another reason why is because I almost bought a Senna a week ago. Another one because the price is a quarter million off MSRP right now. You know, I'd be fucking stupid not to. So, you know, I checked it out. Whatever the deal fell through, um, someone in Indiana ended up buying the car. Whatever. Bottom line though is, when I was looking at the car, you know, I was watching a few videos. I was seeing, you know, obviously there's an error with that car, the um, seven twenty something else. Oh, fuck, stop saying about the other cars. I'm only here about Senna's really burning down, and it was under the fuel pump. It was that area where I guess the water was getting through and then it was, yep. I don't know what the fuck, but they fixed all the shit. So look, why not drive a hypercar for, you know, a discount, ride out the fucking, the recession wave and have fun. 100 million percent. Yeah. 100 fucking million percent. So, you know, anyways, I didn't, but the first thing I thought of besides like, hey man, when, the, you know, when, when my fans were hitting me up saying, hey, why don't you have Solomon Drin on your show? And I was like you know what? That's a good idea. I'm going to message him. Let me see what the fuck's up with the Senna. But yeah, I just, I was just curious. Now, my question is, they had to pay the car off, didn't they? Or whatever, or at least do that, right? No, my insurance, my insurance ended up suing them because they refused to take blame for the car. And they also, and, and the insurance told me, because they called me and said, we're going to take care of your deductible after a year and whatever, many months. Actually, I think they're, they're just now paying me that, by the what way. It's the been a year and a fuck? half. Yeah. So, so they, the insurance said, we're going to pay you because we're going to sue McLaren. There's been other cars, too, here in California that were uh, uh, that burned down under our policy. So we got them and they sued them. And I'm, I'm guessing that's why they did the recalls. But I have no idea, to be honest with you, if that's a certainty or not. But here's the reality, man. 
I am watching the Senna market and I understand what's going on. Right now, everybody thinks that we're outside of COVID and everything is fine. And they're buying everything just like maniacs because they're thinking right now is the time to get it cheap. No. You just fucking wait yeah. till October, November. What you about January, fucking... motherfucker? You know what I mean? Oh, dude, like... March. I mean, March is going to be the bottom. Uh, next year, March is going to be the bottom of, of this. And it's going to look like that for a while. But this is not, you know, you just wait a little bit. You're going to get one for $600,000, dude. I mean, we'll see. Hopefully. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> Fuck. I hope so, man. That'd be fucking amazing. Yeah, um, and they're fun cars. Let me ask you, bro. What, what is your favorite car of all time? Like, honestly. My favorite. So easily that I've driven, it's the fucking Senna. I hate admitting it. I hate Damn, it. Damn, really? Wow. I hate it. I fucking hate admitting it, but, but it's true. I'm like Damn. that... I'm that person that keeps going back for punishment. I love the way that Senna drives, but that's- I've heard great things about it though. My boy, you know, he was one of the first deliveries in Europe and he's like, yo man, he's, he just, you know, they have areas where they can, it's not like where we go, we got to go to, you know, Santa Barbara, or I don't know, like an open area. They have those roads out there where they can get nasty in the Autobahn and everything. And he's like, oh, yo. hell yeah. He's like, bro, it's this motherfucker is no joke, you know? And I'm like, wow, really? And he's like, Ben, I'm telling you, Imagine your 675 LT, the way that that felt on a track. He's like, imagine that and add a couple more horsepower, you know, and just, it's a beast. And more vibration. Yeah. Just, oh. it just, it really just feels like you're in the Batmobile. And I was like, fuck, man. So, you know, listen, man, fuck enough of that car. God damn it. <laughs> are you a, are you much of a yeah. track, track driver? You like the track or not? Nah? I, so I enjoy doing track driving, but not quite often. I enjoy it when, whenever I have to go. And there's some times where I do it a lot more often than other times. I enjoy it. I'm not very good at it, but I'm learning, you know, every single time I go, I try to learn more and more and more. But uh, it's not the one thing I want to do for the rest of my life. Does that make sense? When I get on the no. track and I do it a few times, I get bored and I get the fuck out. It's Look, too repetitive. There's guys on the track who love it. And there's guys like uh, Natty, you know, Barry and Natty, you know, Natty? No. He has McLaren's Bay Area Natty. You know him. He has a P1. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, one hundred. Those guys, yes. they love the tracks. They track their time, everything. Bro, that's just never been me. As much as I loved even motorcycle racing, everything, I just that's not my thing. Like even on <laughs> yeah, the straights, no, you know, thermal kind of person. I mean, thermal. It's like a straights. You can't get too nasty on California Speedway. You can get kind of you can get hit one eighty five. You know, and you know on the straights and here and there. But like, yeah. I mean, speaking of which, what's the fastest you ever gone on on a highway before? Oh, I, I went on the Autobahn, dude. I went on a Turbo S. Last year, I went to Austria with a friend of mine. And on, on the way from Germany to Austria, we fucking hit it to 205, 207 miles an Holy hour. Holy shit. Dude, Wait, it two it, people in the car? It, yes, me and Sergio. It was fucking horrible. <laughs> Hor I, I don't understand how people go like, this is so much fun. Like, no, it's not fun. Dude, we, I, the first time we tried it, we tried it twice. The second time we were successful. The first time I tried it, I'm going like 160, and then you got to press the red little fucking button so that the engine throws more boost, and then you go. So as I'm about to press that button, a lady in an old van just fucking cuts me off ahead. Oh I slam God. on the brakes, and it just feels like bubble gum at that yeah. point. Like, fuck you. How, how fast have you gone, and where? Me? Yeah. I mean, I've been consistently 185 on almost every freeway from 101 405 110 <laughs> the 10 the 101 i've been I, on the two freeway i've done probably a buck 60 buck 70 i've done i've done 140 on wilshire boulevard before right by beverly hills ferrari i've done i mean i've gone silly you know um I, the fastest i've been is uh 195 on hayabusa motorcycle on the 14 freeway by palmdale 
Dude, how scary is that? Yeah, it was pretty. You know what to tell you the truth? I'll tell you the honest truth. You said something one time with me. We were leaving a car meet. We were leaving Morning Octane, and then we were headed to David Lee's uh, Chronos. You were in the 918. I was in my Aventador, and David Lee was in the LaFerrari. I'll mm-hmm. never forget, we were getting some drinks, and you said something to me, and it resonated a different way. You said something that made so much sense to me. You're like, isn't that car scary? It's scary when you drive fast, huh? And there's no car that is worse than Aventador. Not just because of the blind spots, but it does. If you go over 150 in a Lamborghini Aventador, it's just scary as hell. It really you feels feel scary. You feel like you're going 800 miles an hour. Yeah, it's scary as fuck. Now, when you get in a GT3 RS, you could be doing 175. And honestly, it feels like maybe 110, 120. It's not that bad. Yeah. And you feel like a track star. It's different. I understand that. When I was on a motorcycle, I've been riding dirt bikes and everything since I was eight years old, right? So almost 40 years I've been riding. You know, I feel like it's second nature to me. This was like 2004. When I was doing 195, it was a little scary, but I'll be honest with you. It felt like 150 in an Aventador. Get out of here. Yeah, yeah. Are I'll, you serious? Yeah. And the crazy part was the four guys I was with, all, all three of them got the 200 club hats. I was fine. I just couldn't. I don't know what it was. It was something about, and once you hesitate for that second, do not go. go. Going yeah. back down to like 185 to try to go back up 15, it's just don't worth it. That's not worth it. You've missed your mark. Just leave it alone. And um, it's you know, good, man. You never know why you fucking did that, but you're still here chilling. Yeah, 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 for sure, man. <laughs> Speaking of which, bro, you know what? Look, man, this is this is the reason why this show goes is because I say what the fuck I need to say. I don't fucking apologize to anybody. You know, I, I just you know I, that's the way I live my life. I don't steal. I don't cheat. I don't you know I don't do fucked up things. But yes, sir. There's a lot of misinterpretation. A lot of people misunderstand me in certain things. But like. And I'm not trying, I'm not like the TMZ or the fucking, uh, what the fuck you call it. I'm not the gossip sites. That's just not my thing, you know, but we talk shit on this show, but it's not that it's of talking course. shit. There was like a little weird beef between you and David Lee like years back. And I was, cause I thought about it now cause I was driving, we drove there together. Mm-hmm. What the fuck was he so, but why was he so hurt? He was so angry and, and, and like, he's making post after post. And I'm like thinking like, David, you're fucking 50 years old, bro. What's going on with you, dog? Like, what, like... It, to be... Uh, I gotta be honest with you. It's really, really, really annoying and disrespectful. And it's happened so many times to me where now I understand. Now I understand where all of this comes from. So I'll say, put plain and simple, he asked me to make a video for him. And I said, fine, but you're going to have to pay for it. And I told him, and because this is my fucking nature. That's what you I'm do the for, idiot that's what you do for that living, wants, dog. Dude, Ben, I'm the idiot that always wants everybody to like be chill. I'll take care of all the chaos. I'm a producer, right? Like I, I come from that world. I want you to be taken care of. I want to make sure that you're doing everything right. And don't worry about anything. Like we'll settle it at the end. And I said this, it's going to cost you anywhere between X and Y. That's going to be the cost of the show. I can't tell you exactly how much because I'm, I was not doing this. You know, I, this was not the show that I wanted to do. I was doing another show. So this is an addition I'm going to see how it costs or ads cost. And I'll, you know, I'll give you updates. And we went on, we went on and everything was fine. Everything was fine. And then at the end I do the show and he tried just, he tried going first for that. I'm not going to pay you. And then afterwards was like, all right, I'll pay you, but not, you know, it's a different, you said a different thing, which by the way, would be impossible because I am a professional film producer that's produced over 20-something feature films from fucking studios, independents, uh, TV stations. I know how much shit costs. I've gone to the track before, and his estimate that he said that I gave him wouldn't even cover the track cost. Like, 
Oh, <laughs> wait a second. Hold on. Are you talking about the five? The like the, the five supercars, five hypercars? Yeah, about that? yeah. Well, he did the Ferrari one for him. I had no intention of doing that video. <laughs> okay. But you have and to understand. Also, I, look, okay, Alejandro, I'm sorry. Let me explain to the people that are listening right now. Yeah. So Alejandro produced a video for David Lee. I remember he posted it of, of like five hypercars. And including, I think no, that he, was mine. That was my video. That okay, was no, my sorry. video. 100%. He had like a, all my money, all my cars. So David Lee had like he, an Enzo. He made a Ferrari one. Yeah, he made a Ferrari one with like a, a 288 GTO, a fucking yeah. uh, a La, La Ferrari, an Enzo, and you know, just basically some really rare cars. Now, the thing is this is besides what Alejandro does, you know, professionally, he's become very big and prominent in the car world whether it be YouTube or anything, whatever platform it may be, when someone hits me up for a jewelry piece or asks me to appear to somewhere, even if it's a friend of mine, they know they got to either fly me in a jet, fly me first class, put me in a five-star hotel. They got to pay for this, this, and this. And they also got to pay for my time because of what it is that I do. I don't just make appearances for even for homies. It's of like, course. I got other things to do or make jewelry or anything. So when it comes to Alejandro, this is what he does for a living. So I'm just explaining to you guys what's going on. David Lee is a, um, a businessman, entrepreneur. He owns, uh, you know, if you watch stores, he owns a lot of real estate and he does other stuff. And he's happened to be a very big car guy. So, okay, so he hits you up to do that video. I didn't know you did that video. I thought, I don't know why I mixed it up with, the, with your five video. Okay, so you did the video. He also, because we also had his left Ferrari on that one, but I had another left Ferrari from someone else for it, and he told me, please put mine and then also put me in the other one. He wants the exposure. He's a smart guy. He wants, you know, he wanted the at, like at me, because I want to sell more shit. And I understand that. So it's just a stupid thing. And then the worst thing was, he just kept going like, as if I did, and it's always like that, right? When you fuck someone over, and it's always like that. That's the first guy that's going to go and say, this guy, this guy, what a piece of shit. So that no one knows <laughs> that he's the sack of shit. Right. And I'm not saying, listen, I'm not no, saying I that get that's it. I get it. You're being politically I'm correct. I'm just saying that's the way it works. So bottom line, at the end of the day, he didn't agree with the price. He didn't want to pay. He thought it was going to be something free or whatever. And then did you guys ever end up settling or did you guys not end up settling? Did it just? No, I, at the end of it, I told him, you know what? Just give me this, like this amount of money and I'll fucking... I'm done, dude. Like, I never want to talk to you again. Thank you. Okay. And it was like pulling teeth, but I got that. I lost some money, but whatever, dude. What Fuck it. fucking ever. Fuck it. No, money's not worth a headache. I'm sorry. I'd rather get rid of nah, money. Nah, hell no. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Speaking of sure. which, I'm kind of like, and look, I love cars, but at the same time, man, I'm, I'm kind of over it a little bit. You know, of course, I always have one, but like... What do you think of the car game right now? Like, you know, the whole culture, like the, the cars and coffee, this, the fucking shmi and all this other shit. Like, what do you think of all that? I just don't think that exists anymore. I think right now the car culture that we have is Instagram and social media culture, not car right. culture. You know, with, with the car culture on the internet right now, mm -hmm. I, I hate the fact they got just these kids who want to tell you everything about what a car is, well, how many they made. The spec one of, oh, you know, Mitchell uh, Fagonariario owns a uh, spec 17 of the Motherfucker, what do you own, bro? I'm, no, I'm just being honest. Like, bro, have you ever driven a car before? Have you ever, have you ever had to worry about insurance? Have you had to worry about storage? Like, dog, what the fuck are you, you know what I'm saying, though? I just, I don't want no 17-year-old kid who's, you know, because his boy has a demon, his other boy has a 100,000-mile hurricane. Like, want to tell me, like, bro, like, I know you're starting to, but, like, don't get smart with OGs and don't get smart with people who've actually put in the work and grind. And, you know, it's like... Look, bro, I don't know if you're cool with them or not. I just, I don't fuck with Shmi. I don't like, dude, I don't know what it is. I don't fuck with the uh, um, Supercar Ugly. I mean, Supercar Blondie, whatever the fuck her name is. You know, I don't, that's just not really my thing. You know, like, did you ever, like, you ever do, like, videos with those guys? Or, or I know, actually, I've seen Shmi. He, I've watched maybe three videos of Shmi in my entire life. 
because yeah. he was breaking down the center one time and he did mention yeah. your name. He, I mean, he didn't say anything bad. Obviously, he's, he's and I'm sure maybe yeah. he's a nice guy. Just those type of videos are too bubblegum for me. You know, dog, I want to see a motherfucker like, you know, having sex in a fucking center doing 150, you know, doing dangerous shit, like doing silly shit, you know, like. <laughs> I absolutely hear you. It, it, listen, we all have different tastes. We all want different things. And the one thing that exists here is the reality that one, there's a YouTube game with real car entertainers. And there's a lot of people that are very cerebral, very good with information, right? Like Doug DeMuro, like, uh, uh, like Shmi, if you will, he's very cerebral too, like good with information. Yeah. There are more people that are more personable. There are more people that are more into the drive like a fucking maniac. There are more people that are more lifestyle. I think right. as long as you find the right balance and not just put the whole thing together as one, because that's not the car scene. That's something that I'm telling you, that is a result of the internet. What you're seeing is social media on wheels, dude. Yeah. That's not the car scene. The car scene is whatever's around you, your fucking boys, where you go with them, and not just this fucking whole degenerate thing of a, I need to get the most likes, so I'm going to buy the most expensive car. And this is, that doesn't, it doesn't serve a purpose. When people tell me, I want to become an influencer, then you're fucking never going to be able to do it. If you word. tell me, I want to become rich, I want to become a millionaire, you're probably never going to be able to do it. Most people that did, did it because they found a passion and they got really fucking good at it and they were smart, they, they were there at the right time. It's not the way it works. You can never ask for the attention directly. You can never ask for the money directly. You'll never be given. 100 million percent, bro. Dope. Before we even get out of the car shit, I want to ask you one last thing. I just want these people to know, because I've only been, yeah. one, the first time I went was when you, were, you weren't even a fucking a teenager yet. And then the most recent time I went was during that whole fucking crazy time of, you know, like four or five years ago when, when, when the LaFerrari first just came, all the hypercars just came out. It was really a crazy time for cars. But can you explain to everyone right now, what is Pebble Beach Car Week, please, like in Monterey? Like explain that to people. Of course, car uh, car week is a huge deal because there's you know there's a lot of presentations that uh, a lot of good shit that they bring. So every manufacturer will bring cars that are concept cars, for example. And there's like a whole thing for concept cars, cars of the future, right there on the lawn. The most expensive brands will be right there because there's a huge auction attached to the entire show. All the richest people on earth go there. They bring their fanciest cars, which happens in Pebble Beach, Monterey, California. They bring their cars, they drive there for the week, they stay in the shittiest hotels you've ever seen in your life <laughs> and pay a trillion fucking dollars for each one of those shitty rooms. <laughs> oh my God, I just fucking almost threw up. If you guys even, if you guys ever been to Big Sur or Pebble Beach or even know, he's talking about literally your grandma's, think of your grandma's furniture and think of like a really fucking shitty two-star hotel and they're charging Fifteen hundred a night. He's not lying. There was the most no. real description. I have goosebumps on my body. He is not <laughs> lying. I'm talking about you. Got the dudes from Silicon Valley. You have the billionaires coming from Idaho, from Sun Valley, from New York, <laughs> from fucking Paris, from San Tropez, from Hong Kong. He's not lying. And there's no like these people are staying in people who have not they have not decorated or renovated this place since 1985, and they're paying insane rate forget about getting any of the beachfront shit that's going for fucking 15 20 000 a night i'm talking about some shithole where the fucking vice president of mercedes-benz has to stay there because it's what <laughs> wow i'm sorry okay alejandro continue which, please which, that was by so the good way, at, at some point you gotta you gotta change that no like what a yeah, terrible culture come on, imagine man. being imagine being in the car world for real 
and having to look forward to all the uh, all the shit that you need to do. And you're you're like, fuck yeah, I get to go to Geneva. Fuck yeah, I get to go to Dubai for this. And then you're like, fuck, I got to go to Monterey Car Week, man. <laughs> I'm staying in this fucking hotel room without AC, without any heating, like nothing. It smells <sighs> like shit. There's no food that's good in here. They close everything at like 10 p.m. Jesus no. Christ. No, it, it, it makes no sense. But but listen, it's kind of fun if you go with the, the right amount of people and you just go like to have a fun trip with the boys and take pictures and and be stupid and fun and, and just enjoy yourself without breaking anything, right? But if you're just going really because you love cars, I don't know if you're going to love what – it's too repetitive. You see it everywhere yeah. now. And also it's very it's very car industry – whose dick is bigger fucking weirdo shit i mean that's all that matters yeah. that's all that matters who who's buying what and whose dick do i need to suck in order for them to buy my shit so Period. guys for everyone who's ever asked me about car week and how come i don't go anymore alejandro just summed it up right there now we're done with fucking cars i don't want to talk about cars no fucking more alejandro bro please do me a favor man tell me how the fuck did you make your first million dollars my first million bucks, my first million bucks, I made it uh, being a middleman. Uh, nice. So when I started working, I was like between 12 and 14 selling sneakers and fucking T-shirts and shit in, my, in school because I needed it. Like I, I, I didn't understand why I didn't have money to eat every now and then. We had to go and dig in our drawers like, you know, and all that shit. So I, I, I immediately realized that the only thing I was missing was money. So I became very disciplined about that. And at... 16, I started selling cars because I went to private school. My dad passed away when I was four. So they let me into uh, the private school that he had put me in. Uh, they let me just go there for the rest of my life for free. Whoa. So okay. I went there and, you know, you go to a private school, you have some friends that have more money. I'm not saying all of my friends were fucking rich, but I have some friends that had some money. Yeah. So uh, at some point, I, I remember going to dealerships just to look at cars. It was before you could take pictures of them because you had like the fucking Kodak with a... Yeah. And then you had to go and give them to Walmart or Costco and keep them there for two weeks. Like no one did that. So I just go to the fucking dealerships to look at cars, whatnot. And I started... Uh, I met a friend of mine that bought a Ferrari from overseas and he got an amazing deal. And I asked him how he did that. And he's like, well, I actually bring these cars, uh, blah, blah, blah. And from there, I went to all of my friends' dads that I knew were into cars and told them, I can bring you a Ferrari. Until one of them said, fuck it, I'll do it. <laughs> uh, we brought the first one and then we just started importing more cars. And that was awesome. That's everything I did through basically the end of high school. I saved all my money. I moved to New York without knowing that what I wanted to do. I just moved to New York. Uh, I studied acting because that was the only way I could stay there. Some visa <laughs> shit. And then I moved to L.A. And then while I moved to L.A., I got a work visa. And what I started doing was when I started becoming a, a, a producer was because I knew people that had money and I knew people that wanted to make movies. And everybody in between was a fucking asshole that wouldn't get out of their own greedy ass way or wanted, a, or wanted too much for everything, whether it's credits or this or that. And I remember having a year where I put three of those, it, it was, I mean, basically when I bought the Ferrari the year before, but I was very stingy with my money because I had no idea what to do with it. Right. Uh, and I never knew I was going to make more. Uh, so the year before that, I funded three movies 
like back to fucking back on a summer. Like it was fucking insane. And I didn't ask for anything. I didn't want credit. I didn't want nothing. I just wanted the fucking money. And I got that. That's the way I made the first million. And then from there, everything escalated when I started putting it um, into real estate. Okay. Amazing, man. So yeah. right now, currently, as we lay, you know, just right here, you in your house, I'm in my place. What mm-hmm. business, what businesses do you own at the moment? Like what, what, like what are you doing right now to generate money? How are you, is it real estate still? Or what do you, like, what do you do? I know, I know you're making money from YouTube. Of course, I understand. Yeah. That. I know like, you know, but I mean, besides that, what else are you doing right now to make money? So real estate's there. Uh, I used to have my own merch and all that, which created eventually my wife's clothing company. My wife's clothing company's fucking murdering it. And she's only been in business for two years. I'm so proud of her. Nice. Uh, we have a watch company too with uh, the ex-head of design of AP uh, called Gorilla. We also have a Mezcal brand, which is the most sold Mezcal in Mexico. And we were, uh, about two weeks ago, the most sold alcohol, period, Bro, other than beer me. in Mexico. Okay, please do me a favor. A lot of yeah. people, like, I only know three people, and I know 17 million people in the world. You know what I mean? I know more people than anybody you know. I Absolutely. only know I only know three people that mm-hmm. I know what Mezcal is, right? And one of my boys, he's one of the most famous EDM old school DJs, one of the OG, super OG house DJs. His name is Felix the House Cat. He's from uh-huh. Chicago. He's played everywhere, right? He is a fucking mezcal fiend. I don't know what the fuck it was. One night, I thought it was just some. I thought it was. I thought I was just gonna drink some Jose Cuervo type shit, you know. Yeah. The next morning, I think I might have had sex with a man for the first time. Like I don't know what the fuck <laughs> happened, bro. Explain to people, please, what mezcal is. Mezcal is just like listen. Tequila is a mezcal. A mezcal is any drink that comes from. Uh, the agave family. And the agave is those plants like, you know, the tequila agave. Everybody's seen it. The thing about tequila is tequila is very famous and the name of tequila comes from tequila because there's a place in Jalisco named Tequila where blue agave is fucking everywhere. Everywhere. So they started making drinks back in the day in Mexico with that blue agave and that took a name of its own and it's called tequila and you can only produce tequila in certain states, but it has to come from blue agave and it has to go through a certain distillation process, which, by the way, can be big manufactured, right? Like yeah. you, you, you can do it with, uh, uh, with absolutely no human labor, basically, other than pulling out the pineapples from the ground. Right. And now mezcal, which basically is the same thing, it's more of the artisanal brother or father of tequila. That one is for real. It's, it, there's 42 types of agaves out there. Jesus Christ. And there's... I think I can't remember if it's eight or eleven regions in Mexico that you can get the de- denomination of mezcal, and you need to be able to pull from those places, producing those places, bottling those places, so that you can be a, a real mezcal. But mezcal, for the most, uh, for the most, if you will, in general terms, it's a little bit smokier than tequila, so it's not going to taste just like rubbing alcohol. It's going to give you a flavor afterwards, and to some people. They find that flavor a little scary because sometimes it's a little too much for them. But what we did with our mezcal, and this is exactly why, what we did with our mezcal was we wanted to 100% bring everybody that drinks tequila into the party without being afraid of it. So we made a very smooth, easy-to-drink mezcal just based on the same thing that Patron did back in the day when they made a, a shooting tequila in spring break a thing. That wasn't a fucking thing. And it exploded. So we kind of did that. And, and you know, we, we've been so fucking lucky. We launched on November and we became number one last month, month and a half ago. Holy shit. Congrats, dog. Uh, somebody, when I was Thanks. looking, when I, when I heard your name this weekend and a lot of the fans were talking about you, um, 
I had hit up one of my boys. I was like, hey, bro, you haven't talked to Alejandro before? I was like, and then I realized, you know how much of an asshole I am? When I DM'd you, you hit me your number. I'm like, I fucking already had Alejandro's number. What the fuck is wrong with me? But anyways, <laughs> go, going on. Um, so have you ever ate the worm before? Yeah, dude. Yeah, but they do the they do the worm and they also do the uh, scorpion. Okay, depending on where you're getting. Do you really hallucinate when you take the worm? Do you really get that fucked no, up? No, that's <laughs> absolute horseshit, dude. Get oh, out of here. Oh <laughs> man, that's a fuck. Dog, everyone told me. Look at even in um. Okay, you know you've been to Cabo before a million times, right? You've been to Cabo a yeah. lot of times. You know the office is the most famous place to drink and the, you know and have the best yes, breakfast sir. and everything. So you know I'm there, and um, you got to understand, people in LA are late. Javier's is the first time people ever had like seafood with, with Mexican food. You know what I mean? They never had, you yeah. know, no, they never had mariscos, you know, shit like that before. Never. You know, like I'm at the office and this guy goes, uh, what do you want? He goes, oh, I want some tequila. And he looked at me like, listen, Chino, I'm going to beat the fuck out of you. Do, do you understand? <laughs> look, be, look behind me. And I was like, what? What do you mean? Oh, he, he told me he had 88 different tequilas and mezcal. I said, 80? What, what motherfucker? Shut up, bro. There's fucking seven brands, bro. Come on. He, oh no! When he showed me eighty-eight, and then the thing is this: at a certain point, you could drink some such good fucking tequila, and you never heard of it really. And it could be—it's—it's it's in America. You just never heard of it, and you're like, "Wow, they just don't have the marketing. This shit's amazing, you know." But they don't have great marketing. They don't have Diddy behind it like Ciroc. They don't have fucking you know whoever behind it. But anyways, everyone for the last thirty years has told me. If you drink the worm, you're going to hallucinate. Your fucking dick is going to fucking get smaller. It's going to get bigger. You know, all this shit. So I thought that, you know, I thought they were no, serious. No, it doesn't man. do any of that shit, dude. Oh, man. That's some bullshit, dog. So what is your mezcal called? Can you tell me? Yeah, it's Aileron. It's Aileron? Can you spell it out? It's A-L-E-R-O-N. Aileron. Oh, Aileron. Nice name. Why'd you name it that? We named it that because it has to do with the air. And the air is what took all of the elements into that place to make the agave that it makes. It's crazy. You if know what you will. What's nuts is you know how people use like um um liquid sugar. You know, they put like, you know, like syrup, you know, like for like iced yeah, tea, course. they use it anything. I started using agave like maybe six or seven Ooh. years ago because my wife mm -hmm. first of all, number one, it's better for you. Yep. Um it's not gonna fuck up your diabetes or anything. And and it it's amazing. I put I put agave in all my iced tea now. It just tastes better. I, and she uses it for cooking and everything else, but it's amazing. Um, it's the tastiest fucking thing ever, and very few people know about it. And you can make so many good drinks with it, too. Oh, it's the best thing ever. It's it's the best yeah. replacement for if you guys are using sugar or using liquid sugar or even using anything for, like, mixed drinks and stuff, just, and just get pure agave. It's better. Mm -hmm. It's better for you. Um, look, man, bro, real quick, my last thing, dog, and we get you out of here, man. What's next for Salamandrin, bro? What's next for you, dog? What's your future plans? Like, what do you want to do? Like, what's your what's your exit goal? Like, what's in your future, bro? Listen, I I uh, a long time ago when I decided to make the move from TV to YouTube, and and I said it's gonna take a while for this to become something, and then when it became something, I realized I'm gonna become a fucking athlete here or like some sort of a not really a celebrity, but <laughs> some sort of an actor that makes money, and then one day nobody's gonna watch him, right? And I'm never going to make fucking money again. And I'm going to be fucking be done on the street. So I don't want that. What can I do? My plan was I'm going to make sure that I can use my platform, grow my platform, but also create and develop awesome companies because that's something that I did also back in the day. You were asking me like all the shit that I did. I also do that, develop products. Uh, I do social media marketing for huge companies and strategies for them. And uh, at the end of the day, I realized I need to build something that's mine 
that I can fucking have, grow, and sell at some point. And my goal in the next couple of years, and hopefully it's, it's going to be, hopefully it's going to be soon, uh, we're going to sell some interest in some of our companies. And and uh, I just want to, honestly, I just want to help as much as I can with a bunch, uh, with a bunch of uh, social and animal issues and shit like that. That's what I want to do. I want to retire from the grind and all that stuff later and be able to help other people just achieve everything that they've always wanted to achieve. That's you that's where I see myself. Yeah. Brother, I've never helped more people in my entire life than I have in 2020. I've donated the most money I've ever donated. I've done more charity work this year than ever. And when you said that, you reminded me of my boy, Eduardo. Black Jaguar, White yeah. Tiger. Yeah, yeah, Do you know him? You know, he's also from Mexico as well. I know he, who he is, but I've never met him. He is also... People think like, oh, man, this guy's a scam artist. Do you have any idea how fucking expensive it is to fucking feed one tiger, let alone like 50? Like, I am 100% it's aware, yeah. <laughs> and look, yeah. man, you said it all. That's the dream, bro. You want to help people. You didn't tell me that you want to be on a beach and get your dick sucked by 17 fucking girls or 17 guys. No. Where the fuck you're married. <laughs> you want to be fucking faithful to her. You want to help people. You want to help the... So look, you're a good dude, bro. Because when I, when I retire... I'm done. I just want to make sure my kids are decent people in society. I want to do what I can philanthropy-wise, but I just want to chill. I'm not trying to be, you know, this, that, and the third, chase after. And no disrespect to Dan Bilzerian. He's my boy, but it's like, bro, that's not my life. You know what I mean? That's not what yeah, I want to be. I understand. Be. It's exhausting, dude. We, yeah. Hey, you're married. You have one. Imagine how exhausting it would be to have two or three. <laughs> bro, trust me. I used to back in the day. You know what I'm saying? You sit there and you're like, it becomes, it becomes very stressful to lie. People don't realize it, it creates a lot of stress. It's horrible. Yeah. You Listen, feel like you're going to jail any day. <laughs> man, Alejandro, I really appreciate you coming on Behind the Baller. Thank you so much. You have no idea, man. <sighs> no, thank you so much for having me, dude. It's been so great to catch up with you, and I hope to really see you soon, very, very soon, any of these days, whenever you're free, and, you know, I'll fucking social distance myself, let me know, and we'll put something together. Let, it's look been it, too man. long. I, I do want to do another little, little, like, cool little drive or something. I know, look at you, at least... Drive your wife's Aston, anything. You know, motherfuckers come out with C-classes and M, M cars. You know, you come out with that. And I, still got my, I still got my Pista and a couple cars. But look, man, everyone, if you want to find Alejandro, you could find them at, at Salamandrin on, uh, on Instagram. Listen, when this show obviously comes out, you obviously look in the show notes and you'll see his Instagram is there. He's big on YouTube. And he's also fucking, see, he's just, he's just being fucking nice. You know what I'm saying? But he's the one who loaned Carlos Slim the initial money so he can get rich and shit. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. <laughs> yo, yo, Miles, man, do me a favor. Miles, take us out of here with some Lakey Lake, and uh, we'll be right back. guys enjoyed that uh alejandro is a character we could have talked for another motherfucking two hours but i had to kind of like i was like bro man i mean I, I, not that i i want to cut interviews short i knew he would talk that shit and i know he's a big weed smoker so next time we get him on here i'm, I'm gonna talk about some weed and talk about some other things but um he's a funny dude and, and um you know what man honestly somehow some way the dude didn't come from a rich family figured out a hustle figured out how to finesse shit and, um, you know, he's always had supercars, hypercars. He's always had a lot of nice cars and he's figured it out. And, and it's kind of similar to what I've done. So, you know, um, 
Let me know what you think about that in the reviews, you know, in the five-star reviews and everything. And next time we do the fan questions, you know, I take it serious. Um, all right, let's get into the fucking elephant in the fucking elevator. Um, Derek Jeter. Honestly, I'm going to be real with you, man. Dude is a GOAT, period. I've never had an issue with the Yankees. I would never wear a Yankee hat. I could never wear a New York fitted just because of what my beliefs are and how I am with the West Coast and everything. You know, I've worn some Twin City hats because I like TC. Plus, it represented some gang shit, whatever. Um, I represented, you know, I wore a Kansas City Royals hat because, because uh, again, like gang affiliation shit, but I love the color blue you know, for obvious reasons. But I could never wear a Yankees fitted. But going on and going forward, it's not that common that Derek Jeter gives a shout out, period. And it was a very short shout out, but it was love. Shout out to my agency, XL Sports Management, the greatest fucking sports agency, the best fucking greatest agency in the world. Shout out to Eric Eways and my boy, Matt Davis, uh, my agents. And yeah, again, they represent Derek Jeter. And uh, he gave me a shout out. It was fucking dope. He said Ben bought it the card. I just want you guys to know, if you didn't know, if you haven't bought the card already, go ahead and buy it. As you know, tomorrow is Derek Jeter's birthday. We are going to go fucking hamburger on this shit. Um, this is going to be a dope situation. I am signing uh, 50 cards, obviously, when the Jeter cards come out. I will be signing 10 instead of 5 because this is a much more special you know, print run of what's going on with, with, with Jeter and everything. Um, there are 10 Jeter autographs that are included with this print run. So understand that there will be 10 personally autographed cards in this print run. Okay, I am giving away a Derek Jeter number two captain chain, right? It is the varsity font number two. It is a little bigger than a micro Jesus. It is solid. It is thicker. It is heavier. It is the best quality. We are talking Cartier level. The Pave setting is the best. It is 18 karat gold. It comes with the little 18 uh, karat yellow gold Cuban as well. Um, 24 inch chain. It is going to be randomly given just like one of the 101 gold cards that come in every single set, which I finally just saw my first fucking gold card, which was a Mike Trout. And uh, the guy wants 50 grand on StockX. Uh, shout out to my boy, Josh Luber. Um, I'm not paying 50 grand, so that's just not going to happen. But uh, God bless the dude. I don't think he's going to get 50 Gs. I just don't see it. Um, I could see him getting like 20, 25. But, um, you know, it's crazy. This Jeter card, I put everything into this motherfucker. Thank you to my boy, Nick Turturro. If you don't know, Google his name, Nick Turturro. He is, uh, his brother's John Turturro. They're both legendary actors, legendary New Yorkers. Nick Turturro is probably one of the most famous New York Yankees fans there is in the world. He knows every fucking thing about the Yankees. From 1973 to now, he is a fucking Wikipedia encyclopedia of Yankees baseball. You know, I started out again with inspiration from Silk the Shocker and the old school No Limit Records, um, you know, diamond fucking fonts and stuff. So I used that for Mr. November. I put the scoreboard on there. You know, that was obviously game four, 2001 versus the um, Arizona Diamondbacks at Yankee Stadium. It was October 31st and, you know, the Yankees were down and then fucking Derek Jeter hit a home run. 12.03 a.m. It became November 1st. He became Mr. November. Um, I put a real beautiful panoramic view of Central Park in the Upper East Side and West Side in the New York skyline. I put the Statue of Liberty in that motherfucker. I put Freedom Tower. Um, every single ring that he's won, you know, 
So what is that? 96, 99, 2000, 2001, 2009. Uh, There's five rings he won. I put, uh, he's wearing the chain that I'm giving away. I got that on there. What else did I get in there? Um, I'm trying to think. I'm not looking at the card right now. But yo, the card is on sale until Saturday morning at 10 a.m. So look, you guys can get the card now. I've already purchased 150 cards. I'm going to buy another 150 cards tomorrow. Um, I'm trying to get the fucking gold, gold cards and trying to get the autographs. That's what I'm trying to do. This is my biggest card in the series. That is for sure. That Mike Trout card was cool, but it didn't mean anything to me. Um, this is different. This is part of my fam, you know, Excel Sports Management. Uh, the, I think my, my Griffey towards the end is going to be a big deal too, but this is right now the biggest fucking deal because we're giving away this chain. We got 10 autographs from Jeter in here. He gave the cosign. He's the captain. He is the motherfucking legend. This motherfucker then took down some of the baddest A-list broads there is. And um, again, man, good luck to everybody. I hope you get that one-on-one gold. I hope you get that chain. I hope you get an autograph. I'm going to be doing the autographs. Uh, don't forget, you go to bbdtc.com. Obviously, that's Ben Bar did the chain. But bbdtc.com. I'm going to start putting up random things up there. Uh, jewelry, cars, toys. Um, there's going to be merch soon. There will be lighters very soon. I already put the, the order in for the lighters. Um, I got teas going up there soon. The autographs for Dwight Gooden. I just got the cards today. Sometime next week, I don't know when, I am going to put the one of 50 out and then I'm going to put the one of fives out the same day, same time. I will announce when it goes live and we will figure out, you know, how to fucking get the bots off the site because last time, 20 seconds, everything was gone, but we're going to figure it out. As I mentioned earlier in the show, I am going to do an appearance somewhere where there will only be two people a lot at a time, social distance, in a small hobby shop um, that's not too far away from, um, well, it's not too far away from my mailbox. Uh, it's it's actually, it's, it's still not, it's not that far from my house. Um, it's just on the other side of the hill. And uh, he's a good dude, solid dude, and, and I want to do something with him on my Cal Ripken card probably. Um, I might even make it the Jeter. I don't know yet. Uh, I'll figure it out. But uh, I am going to do something, provide masks. Uh, I'm probably going to do it either limited to 50 or limited to 100 so that, uh, you know, it's, it's and just uh, I'm going to sign them all, and I'll probably sign a couple there. I might sign a couple of extra things there for some bread, but it'll be dope you'll be masked up. Otherwise you ain't allowed in. I don't want to hear shit from nobody. I don't give a fuck what the fuck you believe in. It's, you know, private store, private location. If you don't want to wear the shit, fuck you. And, um, that's what's good. Yeah. So don't forget, stay tuned to bbdtc.com. Stay tuned to all the other things, man. This Jeter card goes hard. I, I really appreciate all the support you guys have given me. And we got a lot of other things. I have some other big announcement with the hobby coming soon. I don't want to get into that just yet. I'm skeptical of the NFL season, but uh, we, I'm working on a Snickers chain. I still haven't fa- finished Jay Balvin's chain, and he's still blowing me up. I feel bad. I don't know what else to say. I'm already stretched thin as a motherfucker. But, yo, guys, I love you guys, man. I'll see you back here for the weekend wrap-up. You know, we are uh, we're getting it in, man. And I, I want to do some giveaways. I want to give away some Jared Jeter cards. I'll figure out what we're going to do on the weekend wrap-up, how we're going to give away some cards. And uh, that's it, man. I mean, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. 
Do not forget to tell a friend to tell a friend. And um, yeah, man, hit that subscribe button. If you haven't hit that subscribe button, hit it now. You know, it helps your boy out. And when you help me out, I help more people out. And the show grows and we get bigger. And I am going to get back to getting guests on. I just don't want to do it over the phone anymore. So we're going to figure that out. But again, that is it. That's all the time we got. Yo, Lakey Lake. Yes, sir. (laughs) All right, brother. I see you shining, Lakey. Yeah, man. Take us home, homie. Hit them keys, dog. All right, y'all. Peace. Peace.